Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. All right. We're back on the bike. Nick Bob Boru. How good does this feel? It has been is, way too long. Is podcasting like riding a bike? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're <laughs> going to find out. I've been doing nothing but like solo pods, so I don't know how I'm going to be like playing with someone else here, but you and I will snap back into it. This is good. We've been, we, were, we have multiple months of things built up to talk about in the world of Nebraska football. Yeah, it's been the cold winter of no of no yes. pods. Right. Um, but like we were just talking about, there's just a lot of things that were were – that kind of came up. No Nebraska football. Right. There you had was. a big trip. I, I got busy with hoops. Then, like, your kid would get sick. My kid would get sick. You would get sick. I would get sick. Like, it just... And then we pretty much just punted and said, let's, let's get through March let's, Madness. Let's just wait done. till, yeah. you know, let's wait till the... the UConn it, wins the national title and then But then it's we'll good because here. you can feel Husker football just, just, like, the first spring practice. Like, right. you can kind of feel the, like, oh, yeah, now it's time... To get back into Nebraska football. Well, you, you, we were talking before we turned on the mics. It does, there's this weird dynamic, and I want to start like kind of deep and broad with things before we get a little bit more specific, but as specific as you can with spring football here. Yeah. Um, we're not going to be like, so what do you think about the right guard situation? <laughs> no. But you, we were talking before, doesn't it feel, it feels like the Scott Frost time as a head coach was such a long time ago? And you made the interesting point. Like, I brought up the fact that he was – it was because – I think a part of that is because he was fired so early in the season. But because there was Mickey that was the head coach and now Rule, you, it he's like two coaches removed in some ways. Yeah, I mean, we're are we six months since Frost was fired? I mean, maybe a little bit more. Right? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more. I mean, yes. he was fired in Six, September, seven months. Yeah, so mid-September. Yeah. yeah, I mean, seven months. And it's like – it feels like years ago, but it was – I mean, it's it was not just, even a year. It was just last season, yeah. you know? But it doesn't really feel like that. But what's what's the other thing I was thinking about was it does kind of feel like, I don't know how it is for you in your conversations with people or what you consume with Husker football. It, it kind of feels like Frost, he's not in the conversation very much anymore. No, I think people moved on pretty, like, I mean, pretty hardcore like it is there's no there's like i think both pelini and solich there was this big carryover when they left there was like scar tissue that people weren't they weren't done with those guys right you know what i'm saying like it was always a comparison for the other coaches like you know callahan riley had to deal with but this is how Bo and frank did it and they were they had a lot of success and right. they were being compared pretty hard to those guys. Um, and so it was very hard on those coaches because th- you know, these coaches that got fired winning nine games, right? Yeah. So there was this lingering carryover that I would argue never left Callahan. It never went away. I agree. Callahan never got the fresh start that I think he probably needed. Mm-hmm. And that was always a problem where I feel like rules already got it. It's already done. He is Fresh start, Matt Rule. But isn't that uh, you would have thought if there would have been anybody that would have still had a hold on on you, it would have been Scott Frost, correct? And so, but here's this is where maybe now I'm getting way too deep. I think people have moved on, but I know for me, I still feel Frost. I feel him in here. I feel him. <laughs> I still feel him with how I've consumed things, meaning. I am explain yeah yeah, because because I want to get into how it's been for you consuming this new era of Matt Rule and and Nebraska football where I am I'm I've been really reluctant and hesitant to consume a bunch or chug a bunch of Kool-Aid 
during a typical time where you chug all that because I, I, I still feel the effects, those wounds of Frost. So even though he's out of the conversation, I think subconsciously he's still there for people. I don't know how that is for you. Like, cause I, cause I do feel like that. I'd feel like a bunch of different things can be true at once. We're like, I'm tired of the off-season hype to a certain extent. Like, I, literally, this has been going on for 20 years. Let's not act like some of the stuff that we've said, <laughs> right? Like, I love the off-season hype. Okay, so do I. But I'm saying, like, I'm tired of. I guess I'm not tired of the off-season hype, but let's not act like a lot of the same recycled things that people are saying about Rule. They didn't say about Polini, and they didn't say Fair. about Frost. You're like, you know what, man? This guy's going to unite the past. Hmm. Who said? Which coach did that? He spoke to Tom Osborne. Like, oh, he gets it. He talked to Tom Osborne. Oh, hmm. Uh, This guy understands the importance of Nebraska. Yeah. Hmm. You know, like, let's not. These guys are finally working, man. In the weight room, it's finally happening. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is like, I'm all like, let's chug it. But don't try and sit and it's it's almost like some sort of flavored vodka and you're like, dude, you can't even taste the vodka. It's like, stop fucking lying to yourself. It's vodka. It's vodka. Okay. <laughs> like, I guess that's where I'm at with it. It's like, we can chug the flavored vodka, but let's not act like it's not vodka. Meaning, like, let's not act like we haven't heard a lot of these things before. And I think the reason I feel that way is because of mainly frost. See, where I felt like I chugged the vodka thinking it was going to be raspberry vodka and I wasn't going to taste the vodka, but I tasted the vodka. Okay, well, that that is a that is a deep take. That's a feelings <laughs> take. Lots of that's feelings. Been pen- <laughs> you understand how long this has been pent up so for me? Some feelings in there? Okay. Yes. Uh, so I guess I just view it different. Like the way you're looking at it, I'm not even looking at. Like to me, I'm looking at as, let's, I mean, the the, the chugging the, the Kool-Aid, I think that's more just like, that's doesn't really even matter to the coach. Just like a Husker football yeah. fan, kind of. I don't know if it's a tradition or a habit, but like we do it. I still kind of do it a little bit, <laughs> but we're all a little trying to be better about not overdoing that. Right? right. I think that's learned. Don't overdo it. But like when you say like Frost is a part. Like to me, I actually think like Frost was the first coach we gave every last bit of like leash to like we actually said we're giving you every attempt to do this and it really just didn't work out and it was clear and because it's clear i'm very much not uh, hanging on to scott frost's legacy in that interesting role. that's a great point so i i think like i was saying to you like is like whatever it was about solich and Pelini, like they hung around the other coaching like great it just point hung. this is a great point this it is a good hung point. in there this i is really think that frost was the first one that was like, this is done. Like everybody felt like he had the, he got all the attempt. Yeah. This is a great point. Like it's a great point because there is no, I say all of that, like in acting that frost is still with me. Not that I think Nebraska made a mistake by firing him. I don't think they did, but it's more how the the reaction to the the, coach. No, no, it's more, it's, it's more, and, and this isn't necessarily a new thought, but it, it's more, I was so sure it was yeah. going to work. Yeah. And when you're so sure something's going to work, when you get presented the, and it doesn't, and when you get presented then with another situation that you're starting to feel all those things for again, you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, I just was 100, not 99%. The I was new 100%. girlfriend is always better than the old That's up clearly, you know? <laughs> the new girlfriend, she's always beautiful. She's way cooler than the last girl. I, that's, I and mean, there's seriously. no way she'll have any baggage. Right. Right? I know. But but then you'll live with her for four years. And you'll figure out <laughs> all the little things that drive you crazy. Yeah. But, no, I, it's a good point, though, in that a part of the ability – to move on quickly is knowing for sure it was time to move on. And so I think maybe a part of him not being in him being frost still being in the conversation is that. Yes. But I just sometimes can only speak from my perspective. This isn't necessarily like what I've gleaned from talking to people or consuming other people that they're still feeling the effects of frost. I just know for me, like 
I've tried to really observe myself as I've watched a YouTube press conference from Rule or I've read a story on Rule where like how it's filtered through my brain a little bit. Well, let me ask you this. Are you actively trying to keep a little bit more distance from following Nebraska than like, let's say the usual Scott Frost year. Here's how much you are following the news and and the stories and the hype. Are you now trying to. I'm just trying to keep a little bit more distance or are you just on the same? Are you on the same? I would say path? I'm still consuming it. I don't think I've consumed as much as normal. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not actively avoiding, but there's been times where like a, a, a call, like I'm scroll. I'm, I could go on the Omaha world Herald and read a column on something with rule and the I'm new like, lineman that just yeah, came like, here and yeah. why rule has understands the importance of the tight end i'm like i'm good i'm gonna i'm good on that one you yeah know, like, like does he like or does, yeah, yeah like maybe. i don't know like so i i'm not actively avoiding it i'm still consuming it but i do think like if you just if you know you know when you get the iphone like your screen time yeah. pops up like screen my, my my nebraska time <laughs> is down a little bit <laughs> It's down a little bit, yeah. But that's not necessarily and something I'm intentionally trying to okay. do. I I think there are people, Nick, that have had to make the decision for their own sanity that they need to pull it back. They need to reel back how much they're consuming, especially off season, right? Yeah. Off season hype, they get too excited. Um, I guess for me, like I it was. Kind how of, has it been for you? I had a nice little break. I went away for you know few weeks I got to go on vacation. Yeah. I, I took a nice little call. February was kind of just my like I had. I'm checking out. I was in another country. I was just out right. of the world. Right. So um, I feel like since I got back, though, I've been very refreshed and just been like, I feel like it is a clean slate. Like I'm just giving Matt rule Matt rules clean start and his due to like, all right, I'm a Husker fan. I'm following pretty much as I always have. Okay. I'm re because I get the, the I get the World Herald. I check some you know yeah, doing the right. stuff, and it it is you know the hype machine's rolling as usual, and that's good. I'm fine with it, but like I'm back to where I kind of was with Frost. I did need I think a, just a little reset. And maybe though. that's what it was. Like I, I I think I took that in combination with my basketball stuff that I was having to do for Fox and all that to really I did kind of I checked out. Yeah, more than I have in ten plus years. Yeah, and and again, I, I, but I've I've definitely gotten back into it now. But here's the thing that's crazy though is I say all that to say to also admit that every single time that guy Matt Rule gets in front of the media, I am not kind of impressed. I'm wildly impressed. It, every, I am captivated, and it's not just that he's it's like well spoken. Like to me, there is, you know, some coaches get up there and be like, you know, it's it's you know, we're gonna go out there, and you know, it's really about you know how bad we really want to go out there and you know strap it up and go to work. Yeah, and you're like, what does that mean? Yeah, you know, like he says, like there is to me real like thought and substance yeah. behind everything he does, and. And there is there is a reason for everything that he believes, what they do, all that. And so, even though I I, I feel a little scarred and and all the things I just said, I still every time I listen to that guy, I'm like, wow, that's the kind of guy you want leading your program. He seems to have a real understanding of what his job is. You know what I'm saying, yeah. like. I've watched a lot of coaches over the years, and this isn't just Nebraska. I'm just talking about like coaches in different fields, basketball. But yep. Like he's he's dialed in. Right. So like I don't know if he's that great of an X's and O coach. I really don't. I, I don't know if he you know is a great game manager. I don't really know how good he is at developing kids. I don't really know that. But like the perception he gives me. Is that he's dialed in? Yes, he is dialed in on like every facet, and that is the part that I am almost not used to with the average coach. The average coach 
in my life in the different levels and different like they're usually good at one thing or this is their strong suit and I pass that stuff off to somebody else. He seems to do besides like what you do in the locker room and on the field, which I don't know what yeah, he yeah, does. You can only right. That's what I don't know if he's good at. But all the stuff around it, the sort of like CEO of a big operation thing, that he seems dialed in with. Recruiting, promoting um, branding, messaging, messaging, all, like uh, seemingly just like whatever that, whatever it is that you know you need a lot of energy and detail with, he seems to get that, and I'm impressed with it. I'm I agree. impressed with that. However, that doesn't mean he can do the job on the field yet. Right? Can he get his guys to actually play and win and smart and X's and O's and outs? You know, all the things that usually you think that's what a coach does. He hasn't proven that, but. He's proving the the peripheral stuff that's involved. It's a bigger part of the game right now um, than it maybe ever has been. Right, it's a big part of the game, and he's doing that stuff well. I couldn't opinion. I couldn't agree more. I'm, and again, you still got to go out there and and you know if all this is fine and dandy. You still got to go out there and and you know 12 Saturdays in the fall are going to come and we'll see what happens he we, go, we he understand goes, that yeah like, he goes 0 and 12 it, he's a bad coach you right. know what I mean like he, he that's not you're not a good coach you maybe you're a great CEO of a football program bad coach like what you know like you got to have both aspects to I it I just think he feels like that and it's hard because you would have said well you didn't think Frost fit or Polini fit like yeah I think but no there were elements of Bo that were like oh you know this maybe isn't like ideal maybe how he would conduct himself with the media at times whatever right not that that stuff matters a ton but like he seems to to fit and check every box from all the things you just laid out that you could want in someone yeah. leading your your program yeah and so I, i've just i've been wildly impressed with with all of that yeah and that, and, and that's and that was, i think we should be clear like that's not to take away from any of the the past coaches who like I just think he's a little bit different of a guy. He's yes. kind of a different coach than I'm I'm used to. I'm I'm actually no, I don't know if I'm how comfortable I am with his style yet as a football coach. I'm just saying like the things he's doing I'm seeing are right. right. But like his style is it's kind of he, unique. I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. The the thing that's that's uh that is interesting though and maybe this is Maybe this is how it typically is with a new coach, and we should have great experience with with this because we've all been through this so many times. But what is interesting, though, is throughout this entire process, the main focal point of everything has always been rule for me. There's never been an, an assistant coach or a player or anybody else that has even close to risen up to being... I mean, the other, the, the only other story that's been equally as big at times is Rayola that we'll get yeah. to in a second. But, like, does that make sense? Like, there's no, I can't think of, like, I don't even know, like, right now, so far, the most talked about player in spring has been Rayola. <laughs> probably a guy that's not even on the team. Or you know? our boy Gabe Irvin. Yeah, Ga Gabe done did his thing. He Gabe Irvin. Right. We've defended Gabe. We've been in Gabe's I've had, corner. People, I've had people in the street stop me and go, I think Gabe Irvin's good too. I'm glad you, you know, there's a lot of Gabe Irvin uh, loyalists out there. We have been, we have finally been, getting their due. Oh, I want Gabe to go on to have a great career because we've been in his corner from the jump. But does that make, like, it does feel like, though, it's amazing how it's all. And maybe this is because one thing Rule does a really good job of is even when he talks up Gabe Irvin, he'll also like mention everybody else all the time. Like he yeah. he never fully there's just never there hasn't been anybody else that has risen past Rule at this point. And maybe that's the nature of when a new coach takes over, they're gonna get first, second, and third billing. You yeah. know, like and that's just how it is. Uh, but the other thing with Rule that I think is interesting, and this will l l lend us into this because this is good. He does feel like he has a genuine understanding and reverence for that isn't forced at all for Nebraska football yeah. and for its history, its tradition, its people that have come before him. He has a great understanding of that. How about the fact that Frank Solich is finally coming back 
and he will be honored at the spring game. If you recall, we talked about and have been clamoring for a breaking of the curse, bringing Solich back, having some sort of, I don't know what you need to have, a A sacrifice of a Fairbury hot dog, a seance or whatever. Chop the head off a Fairbury hot dog. Yeah, you Derviner (laughs) slinger or something. I don't know what you need to do. But Frank Solich is coming back. I, I read that in the paper, and you, my mind went to our, our conversation. Oh, yeah. I, got, I was getting flooded. Like, it's happening. It's happening. Because it's symbolic to something that we feel like was the breaking point of Nebraska football. Like, the decision to get rid of Solich, unjustified as it was, in our opinion, like, in 2003, like, it's a chain reaction. And it feels like maybe you have to come full circle to break – that's Whatever what the I spell thought, has been I on. thought Chattel put it perfectly in his column about it because it literally like took the thoughts out of my brain and put them on paper. Like Because I do kind of... I don't know if I'm one of those guys that fully believes in curses and hexes and all that stuff, but like there is a little bit of sports karma out there, I think, yeah. that exists. And I do... There, there is a part of me that kind of believes in this curse that Nebraska pissed off the football gods. Yeah. And... The firing of Frank created that curse, and it wasn't solely about Frank Solich, the individual. It, was, it wasn't just about his six years as a head coach. It was more about kind of the 50 years of totality that Frank represented. Yeah. It felt like Frank represented winning football, a winning formula with toughness, the style of play, the option, yeah. development, culture, all those things. And Nebraska, for 50 years obeyed that formula for 40 years, obeyed that formula, and they won. And then all of a sudden, they said, fuck you to the football gods, disobeyed the formula, didn't appreciate winning. So there's a part of it's like, the football gods were like, oh, oh, okay. Well, guess what? Nebraska, you're cursed. And Nebraska's been wandering around this football maze trying to find their way out ever since. And so Solis coming back could be a gesture to the football gods. Yeah, I think I think there is something, of, like you said, we were not grateful. Like, we were not grateful to be, you know, a team in the top 10 or 20 every year going to national championships and then having a down year and then bouncing. You know, like, we were not – like. We didn't show the patience with with Solich to give him the chance that he deserved, I think, yes. from his time and effort he put in and the winning he had done. Like, you got to give people their due, I think, um, before you, you know, like I said, before they made that decision. I, I just think it was it was rushed and it was not justified. And I think we've been paying for it since. I, and I think that's it just comes down to – Maybe that sounds crazy, but there's something to him coming back that may be important. Yeah. On some level, I do. I do. As much as I don't believe in this curse, I do kind of believe in this curse. Crazy juju curses? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I just, don't know. I, I, I just think there's something to it. It's like, is momentum in sports real? It feels real. It, yes. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Like, feels real. Yeah. Like you can't necessarily quantify it. You can't necessarily see it, but yeah. you know it's there. And and any way you slice it, since no since two thousand three, it's been twenty years of wandering around, around trying to find their way, trying to find your yeah. way out of this. Yeah. And maybe bringing Solich back can feel. It feels like the right time too, just because it does feel like such a f- clean, fresh start with with rule that like. It feels a long ways away from Frank to where there's there shouldn't be any animosity but, left, and I and I think you know Solch is more of a private guy anyway. But I think Trev really pushed hard on him. That's what I was gonna there. say. You know what's amazing though to me is, and because I wrote down like Matt Rule has done a really amazing job of connecting the past, but I think the guy who's really done that is Trev. Yeah, I mean as much as you can give, I'll give Rule credit for not messing things up, but like. Trev is behind a lot of this. Like Trev is also behind a lot of these. Like, like I would think, like, like, like here's how we should message. I think he's influencing that a lot. Like rules, God deliver. I think Trev's like, here's the playbook on your messaging. Right. This will work. 
And I think Rule then has an intuition for it and can deliver. Mm-hmm. And well, and, and, and I, but I also think like, because it is interesting to me, because again, this is where I talked about how f- I have Scott Frost scar tissue all over the place. In my, no, don't you dare! I don't know why you're funny to me? Right <laughs> it's been a while, but you're funny to me right now. But. You know you're not over someone. You know you're not over. You know you're, you're not over you're someone. Touching your whole I was body. touching myself. <laughs> no, I got scar I was patting tissue. myself down. All I had scar over. tissue, you know, all, all over heart. the place. My heart, my soul. <laughs> but you know you're not over someone completely when something happens and your first thought is about that person, not about what's going on. So, yeah. like for instance, I saw. Not sure if you saw it. There was a 45-minute sit-down that was on Nebraska's social media and YouTube ch- channels on a full, in-depth conversation with Trev Alberts, Matt Rule, and Tom Osborne. And they 45 minutes of, of a free-flowing discussion about coaching, all this stuff. And my first thought was like, why didn't ever, they ever do that with, with Frost? And maybe Frost didn't want to do it or whatever. But like, I, I thought, well, man, I wonder what Fro- how Frost feels watching that. Then I see this Solich thing. And I'm like, wow, Frank, he, he didn't want to come back for, for Frost, but he'll come back for Rule? And again, I think this is more about Trev. But I, what I'm trying to get to, and I'm just being honest with you guys, like, is that Scott Frost scar tissue in me? Because I just think it's interesting like, that all these things, like – just the 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 way in which Tom Osborne has really embraced and propped up rule is interesting. Yeah. The Frank coming back now of all the times to do it now is interesting to me. The Nick Bob podcast is powered by Runza. You know, there are a lot of ways to to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello, what's up? Another way is what's popping. Well, here's the thing. That greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little bite-sized, delicious, all-white meat chicken that make any day better immediately. I love them. My wife loves them. My kids cannot get enough Two-year-old Mac, six-year-old Mava are constantly wanting to get it popping. Great for a snack, great for a meal. Pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet Earth, and you are set. All I got to say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. Trev's only been there for a year. Yeah, I mean, until, Bill Moose. Yeah. Bill Moose was the athletic director. Yeah, until he August was giving of, direction, yeah. and you know, and and so it's two parts. Like I think Trev knows what needs to be done from the messaging, and Rule is open to it, and then can deliver on it. Like the coach has to be open to another coach coming back. Right. right? I'm not saying Frosty. I just don't think it was even a conversation. It was, I don't think Moose was thinking about it. I think. Moose is on the ranch. Man, Moose is on the ranch. I mean, <laughs> he was having a good time on the ranch. What else? I mean, I like Moose. He seemed like a good guy, but he's on the ranch. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. But no, you're right. Like, it does. I do think I, I tend to want to be like, I mean, who knows how, how, Frost's willingness to do some of this stuff. Why wouldn't and, Frost probably loves Frank Solch. He, know, he actually knows Frank Solch. Right. So, like, it's just different with Frost because one, he knows him, but two, I don't think he had Trev in the same way that Rule does now. We're yeah, like, because Bill Moose Tre- isn't, you know, Rule is Trev's guy, and Trev is giving Rule the playbook. Because the one thing Rule, I think, is smart enough to see is like, hey, Trev knows this place inside and out. Yeah. Trev knows, like, right. trust what he's saying. There's a tr- right. There's a good bond between those guys. They get each other. Where like, you know. Trev came in after Moose left and was like, it was a little bit like, you know, f- trying to figure out the Frost and the new coaches. Like, right. That's what he did his first year with Frost. It was like, this is your kind of make yeah. it or break it year was Trev's first year, right? Right. So, um, 
Yeah, I just think it's just different now. It's so just, it's, I just have found yeah. that interesting where, like, I just, I kind of thought there would be some hesitancy amongst whether it be certain former players or big fixtures like a Tom Osborne who, I mean, it, Scott Frost, is. Uh, it seems like they're almost like father-son, like mentor-mentee kind yeah. of like kind of relationship. And even someone like Frank Solich, I, I wondered if there'd be this reluctancy or hesitancy to really wrap their arms around the new guy. Yeah. Because the old guy was a Husker and all those sorts of things. I mean, again, remember that image of when Frost was hired and he went down to the weight room and it was filled with former players. Like, yeah. I just, it's been, I've been a little surprised at that, pleasantly surprised, yeah. that clearly it goes to show you that the loyalty for some of these people isn't bound to to Scott Frost, it's to Nebraska football. But that's the way it should be. It, Agreed. You, should, you know, Tom Osborne and Frank Solich are loyal to Nebraska football, just like, to me as a fan, like, I'm loyal to Nebraska football. I, I love certain coaches. Um, yeah, you loved Pelini, but then yeah. you supported... I love Solich, I love yeah, Pelini, like... like I loved a lot of the guys on the, on our staff at our time. It's just like, it's just like though, like in the end, like I'm loyal to Nebraska, mm-hmm. Nebraska football. Like, and that's the way it, it's got to be. It's like the players and coaches come and go, but like the program is what remains. And the you know, and I'm glad to yeah. see that. I I yeah. say all that to say like I've been surprised by it in a good way. I'm like, wow, yeah. I, I thought there'd be, you know, I didn't know if Tom Osborne were like, oh no, about my well, <laughs> it feels too soon because of my relation with Scott. My heart is broken <laughs> and it will never recover. <laughs> I wrote a poem about it. I love doing Tom Osborne impressions with you. I love it. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I gotta move on, or I'm not ever gonna be able to recover. Uh, I can do it. Oh, boy. That's funny. All right, we, I, we cannot stay in this. <laughs> I was thinking about your Bernie Sanders. <laughs> you gotta do one. You gotta do my one. My Bernie Sanders impression? Yeah. How much did they pay Matt uh, Rule? Uh, let, let how, much did, how much does Bernie Twi- think? Tuition <laughs> in this country is a travesty. Do you know the average, one, just one semester, average semester tuition? $800 trillion. <laughs> $800 trillion. $800 trillion. Oh. oh my God! I just I can't do Tom Osborne impressions in front of you. My heart is broken. I wrote a poem about. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but it's been it's just been interesting to see. Like I think was there like a hundred former players back last weekend? That there were, there was a, ho- a whole bunch of former guys back at ten. It's just yeah. I think this is the Trev factor though. This is this I- is where it's important. Like if this was some guy, you know. Johnny Miami, that's like, you know, has he's from Miami, clearly. Yeah. Hence the name Johnny Miami, and he's coming in here. Of Ohio, he, though. <laughs> he's in Ohio. He's an Ohian. Now, wait a minute. I thought you were Johnny Miami from Miami, Florida. You're Miami. You're Ohio. an Ohio guy? It is oh, unfortunate. Yeah. Who named their, so Miami of Ohio, who named their, their university? Like that, that's who was on, second. Yeah, who, who was, was second? Because I, I really would be just, I, I hope Miami of Ohio do you think they tried to copy and thought they could get away with it and just had to add the Ohio, or they were really disappointed that then Miami? If they were the Hurricanes as well, then it'd be then it'd be really uh, bad. Yeah. That would be really really bad. Uh, okay, <laughs> so ridiculous. I got a bunch of different rapid fire. Anything that, the the this is all the deep stuff that I wanted to get. Eight hundred trillion. Eight hundred. You understand? Two point four gajillion dollars. Two point seven Google. <laughs> One hamburger in this country. $454 million. <laughs> so good. Uh, I'd been sitting on that bit, an impression, and I felt like I went to lunch with you last Friday, and I'd been like, for, I did it to Kim. She thought she didn't think it was that funny. She didn't even really laugh at it, but I needed you. I needed you to do I, this. I think it's great. I mean, it's I such our, a great premise. Everything's really expensive. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, there has been a fever around these parts. And it's Dylan Raiola fever. Mm-hmm. It is remarkable. Even throughout, like, right when Rule got here, throughout the basketball season, Dylan Raiola came on a visit, went to a, ba- went to a game. He got... You know, he got a roar from the crowd. He stood up and he threw the bones to to the the crowd. Got a roar like there has been Dylan Raiola on Sports Talk Radio on these different publications. Cover it's like a daily update with Raiola. Mitch Sherman went out to Arizona, spent time with the Raiolas. Like it, it's it is yeah. a full fledged fever, but. It does kind of feel like something. Did you see something seemed to shift a little bit last week? Did you see this story? No. So, the twenty four seven sports director of recruiting, Steve Wiltfong, revealed his new crystal ball prediction for Raiola, and it's Georgia. Mm-hmm. Wiltfong, uh, I was reading the story. He's ninety eight point seven percent accurate for the 2024 cycle in terms of his crystal ball predictions, and then 91.3% correct all time in his predictions. Georgia is going to be Raiola's first official visit. Now, he's still considering USC and Nebraska. There are other recruiting analysts that are split on this, though. Three analysts are predicting Nebraska still, two are predicting USC, and then one is is picking Georgia. I, I guess for you, as you've sat, I have, even though it felt like something maybe kind of shifted last week, I still think Rayola is is going to come to Nebraska. Where are you at with with Dylan Rayola fever and ultimately how that's gonna where he's gonna go? You know, here's the part that I don't know. So, if this were a different era, I would say indications are Nebraska. Like he, you know, I've seen some of these like updates where it's like him and like I think we had like the number one tackle and the number like a top yep. receiver in the country. These guys were all there together. And Royal, Royal it was like, you know, making friends and they're communicating. And uh, like, and they were talking about how cool it would be all play together. And they were kind of like hinting at Nebraska, which I would think, does that mean that they're coming to Nebraska? Yeah. I think in the old days it did. I think today it's almost like, I don't know if it's like flirting or something. They're like flirting publicly with Nebraska, but have no intention to, go so to me i think it's a 50 50 i think it here's the hard part georgia's winning national titles and you walk into a program that has a lot of ready-made nfl guys with you um that's attractive yeah it's very attractive and he could go there and be good you're sort of like one of many good players at georgia uh you know yeah you don't have to convince you don't have to call a bunch of different recruits and and convince them to come to Lincoln with you. Yeah. They're already in Georgia. They're already in Southern California, USC. Like, that helps. The downside is this, though. Like, there's going to be great quarterbacks coming in every year trying to take your spot. um, And you'll be remembered there. Oh, absolutely. Not like you'd be remembered here. If you come here and you're good and you tell bring turn it this back? thing back you your governor you're like it's a different animal here than it will be there they've already proven like they're it's like you know i don't know it's it's almost no i, I it's funny you say that I, that would have been what you just kind of said i've you know we like daydream about things like if i had to pitch rayola like that would be the main part of what i would pitch him we'd be like you you know the whole like a builder or a maintainer yeah like you go to Georgia and you maintain it. Like, what, what's the old boy named Stetson Bennett? Like, are you any more infamous or famous than Stetson Bennett? Like, sometimes no. it's hard to even remember, like, all the Ohio State guys, you know? Like, there's going to be there's such been a... There's 10 quarterbacks and they all get to the NFL. And, and will, then you're like... That's how you get to the NFL. Haskins, you go there. JT Barrett, Justin Fields, CJ Stroud. Like, are any of those guys any more a legend than the other? Not saying they're not legends, but yeah. they're all... You know, there's 10 of them. There's 10 of them in the last 20 years. You're like, oh, these guys all very good. This is a it's all good. It's all positive. It's nothing bad about that. It's just like there's a unique opportunity here. Yes. Unique opportunity is you turn around your his family's got, you know, the ties like his dad was an all-American. Yes. It means something to their family. Um, 
but his dad's also played a long time in the NFL. He's going to have a level head to a degree. He'll, yes. He'll love the Nebraska thing. His brother's coaching here. I mean, it, it matters. But, like, he'll want his kid to be set up for the best chance for success. So that could be Georgia. But, like, that doesn't mean or it's USC. not Nebraska. Or USC. Or I USC. Mean, let's not forget about, you He's know. a West Coast kid. And let's not forget that you have Lincoln Riley, who is the best quarterback coach in college right now. Is, is he – I actually don't know this. Is he an, a specifically good – Yeah, I mean, he's the offensive guy and, like, he, he's got – But he's got, good with quarterbacks that's specifically? The, that's my understanding of it. I didn't really it. know that. I actually didn't know You that. know, K, uh, it, you got Caleb Williams out there. I mean, he had – whether it's, you know, Baker Mayfield, yeah. old boy that's uh, Kyler Murray. You know, like, he, he has had all these dudes that have been roaring successes yeah, under Baker, him. Baker, Kyler, yeah. You know, like, so there's also that. Like, I think if you remove everything away from it, and instead of Dylan Raiola, he's, uh, you know, well, who's a famous Dylan? McDermott? Dylan McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> he's Dylan McDermott. <laughs> You're not even considering Nebraska, right? No. No. You know? And so, but but the fact that he's considering Nebraska, I have, I have felt, and I still feel it, my crystal ball is still... I don't have a crystal ball, but if I had it, it would cost $1.3 trillion. The crystal but balls. It, I still pick Nebraska. I still think he's going to he's gonna do it. But I also understand how you're sitting there and you're going like you. Because to me, in some ways, like you don't want him to rush this decision if you're like advising him. But I would say like if you want to come to Nebraska and give yourself the best chance to be successful, the Man. sooner you jump in, the better, because then that's going to give you know, like these, all these elite these guys, guys a chance yes. to come join you. And it's or weird. you're gonna be throwing to Johnny Drop and Billy Bad Route. Yeah, and I mean that's Frank Five Flat Forty. Frank yeah. Five Five uh, Flat Forty. Five Flat Forty. Johnny Drop open. Billy Bad open. Route. Yeah. I mean Billy Bad Route ran a bad route. You're like, well I'm surprised. We recruited him <laughs> for it. This is Billy Bad Route. Billy Bad Route, his biggest issue, he doesn't run very good routes. But other than that, Billy wants like Matt, Matt Rule's like recruiting strategies. Like, I've seen a lot of movies from the 80s and 90s. Like, I want the fastest guy with the worst hands. I'm going to give him Stick'em. There'll be an embarrassing moment at the start of the season. He'll get the Stick'em stuck to his jersey. Won't catch it. But by the end of the season, he will. He'll be a light. He'll be a superstar. He seems like a guy that would know all those great, stupid movies and, and obey them. But I, but you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I would tell Dylan this. I would say, I would say, Dylan, you need to. This is your decision. You need to take your time and make sure you 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 know you do this right. But if you're going to go to Nebraska, the the sooner you do it, the better, because you are going to then give other top shelf recruits a chance to come join you. You drag your feet and drag this out again. You're going to be throwing to Billy Bad Route. Yeah, I and mean, and you know, Whiff McGee is going to be at left tackle oh, potentially. no, not with not McGee. Not with McGee. You know, Frankie <laughs> Falstart's going to be at right guard. That's not good. Uh, but does that make sense? Uh, it does. Does Billy hard. Bad Route make sense to it you? Does. It does. Okay. Nick, it's very, very much makes No. <laughs> it's just, here's what's hard, though. It's like, you can't put the pressure on him. That's like, you just I can't. Know. That's the part that it's like, you want to say, in your best interest, you do this, but everybody's probably saying that. Hey, look, at Georgia, they're saying, Dylan's come here and then you can recruit for us. And then it's like, I mean, they're saying the same thing we are, but that's where it's just like, he has to have some love for this place beyond just like surface level. It's gotta be like their family's gotta be like, we want to do something big because right. it's like a fan. You can tell it, it's like a family. It would be, it, it, but I go back to what our pitch would be if we were hired by rule to fly out to Arizona and, which we will do, by the way, if Matt Rule wants us to do this, and pitch Dil I, Dylan. Our, th that would be the pitch, though. Would be like you, you get Nebraska back. Yeah, nothing, and I promise, nothing anywhere else would make you as big of a legend and and, and be as fulfilling on a variety of levels than that. It's yeah, it'd be like Croucher Frazier on steroids. Yeah, because I mean, those guys are beloved. They won here. You know, one's a Heisman, one's a national champion. But, like, if he did something where, like, we were back relevant to any of that, like any of those realms close to that, I mean, he's a made man. It's done, you know? It's... Right. 
You're never buying a drink in Nebraska again. No more. You don't have to pay for the Valentino's buffet. Yeah. There's none of that. Free Val's buffet. Free cookies and cream pudding. What can I Do you I remember s- cookies and cream pudding for oh Val? Boy, God. that stuff went hard. Wow. Look confusing. They kind of put it amongst the salad bar, like right by the salad dressing. You had to be damn sure you had the right thing. But the viscosity your, of the pudding. Or your you knew. salad would be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> take some field greens and some cookies Oreo, and cream pudding. Yeah, Oreo green fruit. Oreo. <laughs> when I was little, though, it wasn't a problem. I never ate salad. <laughs> Who ate salad? No, salad's the worst. Uh, are we good on Dylan Rayola fever? Do you want yes. me to throw a bunch of different stuff at you here? Yeah, Did you see. hear about the single digit thing? Yes. What do you think of that? So for people that don't know, the tradition that he, that Matt Rule had at Temple and Baylor, and he wants to do it here, is jersey numbers 0 through 9 are going to go to the 9 or 10 toughest guys on the team. That's interesting to me. I I don't – I didn't know our, zero, our numbers – are single-digit numbers that coveted? I mean, I think people, skill guys love, like corners and receivers love them. The rest of us are like, who cares, you know? Like, <laughs> I was happy as 51. I was like, great. What were you at New England? You were 91. Yeah, it was terrible. That's a terrible number. I mean, like, they, I chose, They like, gave 51 to Mayo. It was the first round. Eh. Yeah. But yeah, they gave me 91. I went, this is not good. <laughs> Chances of 91 getting re-signed to that second contract or maybe not. Well, no, 91 you get signed. If they give you 43, which I got at Cleveland, that's, that's Ooh, a bad that, That's sign. a bad That's year. a sign like you may not be coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that Because you have to beat somebody out because in, in, in the pros, like linebackers have to be 50s or 90s. And so there's only so many numbers because the right. D linemen are some right. 90s. So when you saw a linemen hanging in your locker, you you can't be a 43 and make the you'd have to take somebody else's number essentially. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so like they give out numbers to just get through camps, but like to make it, you they have to switch your number. So like you want to have a number that you could keep. Does that make sense? Like because right. like 91, I could have kept. I, it's just 43. Couldn't have kept. Right. Okay. See, the more you learn, yeah. this is good. But I, I mean, it's fine. I, the single digit thing. I just didn't know. It's cool and whatever resonates with people. Great. I, I, I. There are a couple of things I didn't realize that single digits were that coveted amongst a lot of uh, amongst people. Yeah, and of. I also think like numbers are one of those things. Like, yeah. I mean, like I'm looking up at 51 Rude right now. The jersey hanging in here behind me. I got 34 at Creighton. That was that's what I was at Southeast. You know, like. It it was if I wouldn't have been able to have thirty four at Creighton, I don't think I would have lost my mind. Well, I guess the I point is like I don't know, like, but it's a big deal for some fine. people. It's fine. Like I'm not against it. It's a tradition that he's starting. That uh, <laughs> it's I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that yeah. tradition. Now here's where I'd have a problem: is if you do that and you take away the black shirts, I have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I don't. You I know don't what I'm like saying? That. But so this is what I think weird is like there's guys that have had single digits like a Quentin Newsome and then like, I mean, you know, OK, maybe he has to earn it back. And that's OK. I'm OK with that. But like I said, I, I would have a problem if you take away like the black. I like the black shirt tradition is important to me. And that would be one I think yeah, would I, be a mistake to, to not keep I, and replace with that. But I do think like uh, I, I did get into I don't know if you ever watched Last Chance You on Netflix and you know one of the it was a california juco and it was always the day they handed out jersey numbers it was i mean these kids i mean this kid went into the coach's yeah. office and he was like 37 you serious you serious <laughs> <laughs> the funniest moment of he, he looked at the head coach he was like you serious yeah it's like crushed his soul. <laughs> you imagine going yeah. you go to the head coach someone gets 37 for alabama goes to nick saban's like 37 coach you serious it's, I mean, it's like, how do you do, here's the thing. It's like, we've always, like, numbers are, they, they are important yeah. for kids. Like, I'll say it's growing up, if I'm playing basketball, I wanted to wear 33. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, Larry Bird. Right. If I was playing football, I was wearing 32. Right. I want, I mean, Jim Brown. Was He's right guy. there. Yeah. I wore 32 growing up because that was my number. Right. 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 Those are things that kids do that I think are great. So, like, I get it. But part of, like, getting older was let's say you get to Southeast high, like you're, you were kind of at the mercy of what the older guys had. So my brother had one of the worst numbers 
Oh, yeah. Ever. Bad. He got 47. 47. Because when he was a freshman, he had a chance to play in varsity. And guess what was left? 47. <laughs> so it's like kind of a compliment. You get to play. Right. You get the worst choice of number. Right. Right? So, yeah, you can change as you get older. But I think changing your number as you go, I think that's weak sauce a little bit. Oh, I like that. I think I like it's, that. I, so you, whatever number you – Stick with that thing? you got to ride out the number you've been getting. I think I like that. I think I like where your head's at with that. I just – I'm fine with it. I'm not like one of those things where I'm like, you know, 951-1620, this is terrible. You mm-hmm. know, I, or like 951-1620, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, I, I mean, it's fine. Um, I, I, I didn't guess it was, I, I, when I heard that, I was just surprised by yeah. it. I was like, I didn't realize this was a, this was a thing here. Well, it's, it's, it's a little different. It's like, I don't know. It makes those numbers oddly important, which I didn't re- I would never have thought those numbers so were that important. So what if you're important. an offensive lineman, right? So like, is it only for skill guys? That's right. I'm like, who I know. So you're because like guys- Cam Jurgens was a tough son of a gun, but could he be zero Could or he one be, or three? Or? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. That's okay because to me it's like it's another reason for people to get excited about being tough. And maybe it's excites the like skill guys to be tough, which is maybe important. Right. No, those guys are I know. I'm all for. I mean, whatever whatever you have to do. We all do stupid things, and coaches are all about creating stupid things to yeah. just motivate you. Xavier basketball. They they carried a this like pretty big rock around to not turn the ball. They turned it over so much. And so Sean Miller created like the turnover rock and they would have yeah. to carry it around when they would have like, it's all stupid. We're just, we're all just creating things here. I'm not, to against, motivate I'm you, not against you know, that. Like, I'm actually not against any whatever. of it because it's just, it's a way, it's a way to get a message across right. to young men who need something to grasp onto. Right. And that's great. I'm I mean, fine. I'm good with it. Now who sings this song? Are you tough enough? Who sings that? That that the, song. The uh, the thunder. Was it called the uh, the fabulous Thunderbirds? Maybe or is it the? I don't know. But I just hope. I want when they're actually handing out those. I hope rule says hit it and they play. Are you tough enough? What a great song that is by the fabulous Thunderbirds. Yes, that's what. I, if if they do that, now I'm all in on this tradition. Great song. That's what I want. Um. Couple more rapid fire things here. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Did you – I did a solo pod on this, You and I'm not sure. Did you hear Matt Rule on Bussin' with the Boys when he was asked about – they asked him about, like, his slow burns, like, hey, at Temple and Baylor, you know, they had won you, – you won one or two games in your first year. Do you, do you kind of see a slow burn at Nebraska? And Rule said that he didn't want it to be a slow burn and that he felt like that was last year for those guys, was yeah. like the slow burn. And I'm curious what your thoughts were on that because I was glad that he said that. That because I've thought all along this this place can say whatever they want. They're not going to be very happy if if the idea that you're going to go out there and win two games or something like that, and everybody's going to be feeling great about it. Uh, I I was I also felt like what he didn't he doesn't realize is that okay, it's been a slow burn for 20 years for the fans. Yeah, and everybody's patience is on e. I'm standing by my thoughts that I actually don't think this fan base is going to be super duper patient with everything. But did you? I was glad to hear because you were wondering, like, okay, is this is is there going to be like a legitimate bottoming out and winning two, three games with or? the portal? I actually my expectations of bot like to to win one or two or three games with the portal at Nebraska with NIL. I mean, you should buy. You should be able to buy five or six wins. Right. You should be able to buy five wins. Right. I mean, 
the more I see NIL, the more I, I actually, you can change it fast. Like, I it, there used think, to be a non-negotiable like yeah. three, four year period. There's a part of me that thinks this NIL is Nebraska's ripe to use this thing better than most places, right? Like if there's, we should be in the top 25 every year because if we're willing to spend more money, which it seems like then yes. 95% of the schools, which it seemingly we are right. How can we not win half our games? Right. You know, like I just think I was initially very scared by NIL. I was like, Oh man, are we going to become irrelevant now? I actually feel like it's becoming the opposite. I feel like we have the opportunity to just like, how much do we want it? How much are we willing to spend? Mm-hmm. It's sort of that that mindset. Um, it's a big part of our. I just think we have an opportunity to sort of like say, like, look, we don't have to slow burn for ten years. Like, why don't we just start buying players? Like, right. to a degree, mm-hmm. I think we can actually do that. We have the infrastructure. I was looking at our like the profitability at Nebraska. We're like a top five or 10 in the country with like what our athletic department football team earned. Like we're big time money earners. Like we make more money profit than Alabama, I think. So there's like, I was, it was some article I was reading. I was like, wow. I go, we are still kicking butt with how much we're making, which means we can spend some money on facilities and things. And that doesn't include what boosters are paying for these collectives. Like we should be very competitive uh, pretty quick. Yeah. Anymore. It's, I, I agree there. There's the, the idea of a slow burn doesn't necessarily have to be, it doesn't have to be like that, especially at Nebraska. Well, so I don't know. I just, but I, I just was at, glad yeah. to hear him say that. I mean, you, you saw last year, like our, our best, our, our NFL guys were Trey Palmer math. Like, yeah, these are hired guns, right? In yeah. the same way, like Casey Thompson's still here. That's a hired gun. This, uh, Jeff Sims mm-hmm. hired gun. You know, we've got to t- like our lines in trouble. We, we throw in a tackle. Maybe we could throw in another guy. Right. Like these are little pieces, you know, another D lineman, you know, we're looking decent if we can use this thing to our benefit. So spring ball comes and maybe more in the transfer pool and we get somebody else that is a big piece of the puzzle. Who okay? You bring up Jeff Sims and Casey Thompson. That was going to be one thing I was going to ask you. You had to call it right now, and obviously this thing can change month to month to month to month. The starting quarterback for Nebraska next year will be Casey Thompson. That's what I think too. I'm not moving off that. But I, I saw enough from him last year that I go tough, smart, uh, competitor. You know, he 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 made some throws and some tough moments. I felt like he was a he was a competitor throughout, even though things didn't go their way all the time. But I think he just he's got a lot I of maturity. Like that kid, man. He's got a lot of maturity. I think that's an easy play for Rule to start with. And the younger guy in Sims with maybe more upside, like if you can keep him here as the backup, which I think he would do, knowing that like, hey, you're kind right. of in line. But then there's the looming Riola thing too, which makes it interesting. I mean, but you take I mean, obviously you Whatever, whatever. But whatever. I, I do think I because I, I did a pot about this and I was and, uh, you know, the more you hear the, the it makes it interesting because like every time rule would be asked about the quarterbacks before spring ball started, he would kind of quickly talk about Casey Thompson. But then when we talk about Jeff Sims, he would say, yeah. I think he's an NFL player. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a pretty bold statement if because. There was a thought where, like, well, maybe that's a window into his, into his subconscious of, of if he thinks one guy's an NFL player and he doesn't say that about the other guy, maybe he's actually leaning towards the guy that he thinks is an NFL player. But now that spring ball started, he's been complimentary of Casey. He said Casey's like, like a coach out there. That's, just, that's, that's the and sign to it, me. That's the sign to me of, like, who are you going to trust when your job's on the line? The, the guy that's a coach out there. Yeah. And, and this other guy... I think it's fair. Like rule doesn't know Casey Thompson. He doesn't know him. He doesn't. Right. He's, he's got it. Yeah. There's he didn't an... spend any time with him. So like this guy, he, this Jeff Sims, like he isn't NFL body and arm. Like, I mean, he's got the goods, I think in yeah. terms of like physical skills, but Casey, I think you're not going to figure out what he is until 
you get in the film room till you get on the field with him. Like I think these things are starting to happen now. Yeah, and you you're see going, oh, this guy gets he's a right. football guy. You know, right. he's a tough football player, and so um, yeah, I, I I do think this guy's going to give Casey a run, but I feel like gut reaction is right now. I know what Casey is, and until I see else why where this he'll be the guy i'm with you too by the way did you see that last saturday they took the green jerseys off the quarterbacks and made them live thank you oh learn how to play football then i know i'm i think you and i both were not advocating for stupidity and and you know taking a hammer out and crushing each other but i just if all if if your prevailing thought is just that you don't want to get hurt 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 like you're not getting ready to play football I just, yeah, I think, uh, I always felt like, like Adrian Martinez was a prime example. I didn't think he knew how to run into contact. He did never had to do it. Like it's like or Taylor did. Martinez. Yeah, I, those guys. Both those guys. They, they all ran upright and they would like, like they didn't know how to lower their shoulder pads and squeeze through a hole or go into contact where you, right? You, you either shield the ball and deliver or deliver a blow but they're not hitting you and drilling you or hitting the ball. Like they didn't really understand that. And it's only because they'd never ran the ball, like really ran it in practice, right? Like ran practice, ran in games enough where it's natural. It was unnatural. Some of the ways they ran, even though they're very athletic and very good, it was a very, like you could tell there was, they were missing that like instinct when it came to contact. That's all it was. It was good everywhere but contact. And I think you also learned even for someone's ability, like Casey was good at this, and then I, I think a guy like Zach Taylor was was excellent at this. Like Zach had the balls to stand in the pocket and take a shot yeah. and throw it. And like you gotta the only way you really learn is if you got that or you don't is if like you gotta take a shot. And so I just w- I saw that and I because I still now I don't know what I don't know if they've come out with like what the rules are going to be and how it's going to look in the spring game but like I still last year's spring game was just like what 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 is this I don't I don't you, you can you it, can it outthink sad. yourself pretty bad with it, some it of this was stuff in, like the more I think about that like it's like the two hand touch was so weak that we like couldn't tell if the guy scored in a touchdown run like a running back right I'm like. What are we doing? Well, and you know what's interesting is like that ended up being a that should have been a warning side for how the team played at the start of the year. They clearly like they couldn't tackle. That was a that was a big part of the first month, but I, I think it was like you can convince yourself, you know, like well, what if we we hurt somebody? Isn't that going to be way worse than like? You can't play the game of football thinking like that. You've no. got to just like get good at football by playing it. And then when you get so good that it's like, right. let's not get Patrick Mahomes hurt. Well, then don't get Patrick Mahomes right. hurt. Right. But don't tell me that everybody's Patrick Mahomes. You know? I couldn't agree more. Just, it, these guys aren't good enough to, to not just get be hit. like, we can't let, gosh, we just, we can't let Oliver Martin get hurt this year. Like, <laughs> sorry. Like, he hasn't. He's not, you know, Randy yeah, Moss. Right, like, right. Make him play. Like, make these quarterbacks who have never done anything, like Harburg and Richard, Richard Torres, Torres yeah. and Jeff Sims. Like, I'm sorry. They should be playing live in the spring game. Right. Live. Like, I don't care. That That's what I think. But And so I loved to hear that last week. So yeah. Like, oh, God, thank you very much. A couple more things are out of here. Uh the did you see the rule sign? He ended up signing a whopping thirty nine scholarship players, which is one of the largest in the country. Are you ever a little nervous? Like I feel like one of the mistakes that Frost staff made in the first class was taking too many kids, and they kind of shotgun wedding a lot of these guys, and a lot of them either being bus or they transferred because when the, the snow fell, and they were like, "What the hell is this? What's they, this? Wait, huh? A coat? <laughs> I didn't sign up for a coat." And do you ever get worried about that? Like. Taking too many guys, or maybe there's just roster nowadays with the portal. Like that you turn portal. them and burn them. Like that portal. I think if you okay. like, I, I think if you like a guy, get him because there's a lot of guys that you probably can go. I think there might be a lot of that. More like, are you done here? Like, there's well, be well more they're that. still over. They're they're not like kind of over the 85 scholarship. Yeah. They're they're like way over it. 
There, there's gonna be there's gonna be some cut. There's gonna be cut day. There's yeah. gonna be like cut day. I actually don't know how that works. I don't either. Other than I think you can hint at them like. Oh yeah, you're going there and be like, all right, so North Texas. What do you think? I yeah, can call I mean, that coach. I call. You like, don't have I, to honor the scholarship every year. It's no, only like right. I so yeah, they could technically cut people. Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be an like there's a way to it's it's the ugly side of the business you're, that you're, I've always said one of the one of the one of the misnomers about all transfers. Now the portal has made it hard to sift through it, but like not all people that are transferring are are necessarily transferring because they want to transfer. They've yeah. been kind of forced out. Yeah. But there's going to be some dudes that are getting straight up gladstoned. Cut it out, cut all right? Him <laughs> like, out. Cut him out. Uh, Matt Rule, this is Joey Gladstone. Joey's got some news for you. Yeah, you are cut it out. Speaking of portal, Hunter Salas, does yeah. Nebraska have a chance? Not based on the initial reports that you've, no. you've read. Oh. I, which is because he wasn't even – I don't think Nebraska was in his final, like, eight or ten schools when yeah. he first came out. I know. It's unfortunate, right? Creighton? I, does Creighton have a chance? Well, Creighton right now doesn't – they only have – I guess they had another guy enter the portal now, uh, a, a guard off the bench. So they got a couple of scholarships to give, so they or got I guess now the, just one. They got Trout, though. They, they got Isaac Trout. Isaac Trout, yeah. So the, their problem is, like, they have, you know, Baylor Shireman, Trey Alexander, Arthur Kaluma. They got starting wings and guards that all could come back. Yeah. So they got to kind of wait. So it's hard. And my guess is Hunter Salas. Like, Creighton – because Creighton was, loved Hunter out of high school. And my guess, Salas was just on the bench at Gonzaga. He's probably looking for a situation that isn't the bench. And the reality is right now, like, if if all those guys came back, Hunter Salas is coming off the bench. He was just doing that. You yeah. know what I mean? So he's probably looking for uh, a for sure thing. Yeah. But so, I don't know. I It would be fun to – I mean, a part of me is like, God, ah, just go load up on all former Nebraskans, have them play for Nebraska or Creighton. It's, it's, it's exciting. Like, yeah. for me, like, watching Shireman this year from Aurora, Nebraska, like – there's just a little something there. Like, he was yeah. the one dude that would come over to me before games, and we would dap it up. Shireman? It was Shireman. Yeah. The one dude that, like, it, there was just – There was an understanding. It was like, hey, you know, you're, 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 you're a Nebraska dude. Like, it's just understood like that. But I, it, it is exciting to, to that Trout is going to Creighton, though. But we'll yeah. see. Uh what else? Did I have anything else? I mean, I think that's probably it. Oh, I think we start. We went deep on our first podcast. Oh man! I hope people are are happy that we're back and we're things were pent up yeah. there. Yeah, it feels that's, good. That's an hour. Hour. Look at us. Hour and four minutes. Not bad. That's just smooth operation. Okay. Well, you uh, let's let's do this again soon. Let's not wait two three months for the check. Okay. Are you tough enough? Ahura Media Production. Hale Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio.